Welcome to our podcast. I'm Sir Duncan. And I'm Raina. And I'm Sean. And this is Game of Microphones, episode 40. So, Woo-hoo. we've got sort of a special episode today. We and a number of other Game of Thrones podcasts are all recording special bonus episodes to fundraise for the American Civil Liberties Union. A big thanks to Jim and Aaron from the Bald Move Podcast Network for inviting us to participate. Instead of our usual top three for any given episode, we're going to each give our top three highlights for season seven as a whole thus far. Not including this weekend's finale, of course, since none of us has seen it. Guys, how do you like season seven so far? It's This has probably been my favorite season so far. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the books. Um, I know, Duncan, you've read them all. I believe you've read them all too, right, Rima? Um, unfortunately, no. I've read the first one, and I started the second and haven't finished it from there, so... Bad, bad me. Sorry, yeah, but but you're in the you're in the same boat we are right now. I mean, I have no idea yeah. what's going to happen, and that's been the last two seasons worth. And this, I bet you know, you're still smug though. <laughs> oh, very much so. Like I need the books in the books. Um, but it's I I love the fact that I'm actually because when you when you've read the books and you're caught up, like you know what's going to happen at least relatively. But the fact that, like, I have no idea what's going to happen just makes it that more exciting. Like, you're actually on the edge of your seat instead of on the edge of your seat with your book going, <gasps> and the wife looks over and is like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, my gosh, look at this. <laughs> I feel the same way. Um, you know, I started watching the show during season four, and then in between season four and five, I read all the books. So for about a good season, I knew what was going on and what was about to happen. And then I got thrust into the pit of chaos. And I've just been trying to find those rungs of the ladder. <laughs> Little finger. How, what about you, Rima? Are you liking this season so far? I I don't know if I can fully articulate how much I love this current season. I mean, all the seasons have been great. I can't ever say I've ever been really too disappointed or unhappy with any particular season. Um, but I really think that they are just really knocking it out of the park. They're really giving us a lot of what we've been waiting for um, from, from, you know, throughout the season or series, I should say. And I know that there's you know been some attitudes that that's not such a great thing, but I think it's, I think it is a great thing that they're kind of giving us some of the things that we want. And I love the pace I love everything about it. I really do not have hardly anything negative at all to say about this season so far. So, well, yeah. Well, it feels like the first you know few seasons, like they're kind of teasing you. You know, it's kind of that like foreplay, like, hey, I know you want this. I know you want that. But mm-hmm. wait till you get, you know, wait till we get to the bedroom. And like right yep. now we are in the bedroom. <laughs> it is happening. <laughs> and long shaft is, pull, is being pulled out. That, you know, that this Game of Thrones still does. Oh, man. All right. So you guys ready to get into our top three? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Top highlights of season seven thus far. And there's some interlude music. Let's start with Sean. What do you got, brother? All right. So for my my number three, uh, I've been a huge fan of like underdogs my whole life. Ever since I've grown up. I don't know if it's if it's just kind of I've always kind of been that underdog. Like I've never been that guy that's, you know, you know, holding the trophy at the end of the football season or anything like that. So mm-hmm. when Game of Thrones started out, there was two characters I absolutely loved. 
and kind of related to a little bit. Jon Snow is one, and at this point, mm-hmm. everybody can kind of relate to, like, he's a great character. But the other one was one that there's just few scenes with, and, like, he's been gone. He's been in a boat for a really long time, and we assume he's been <laughs> rowing this whole time. <laughs> yeah. But we get him back this season, and not only is he, you know, a badass, but he's a badass with a hammer. And that was my, one of my top three. My number three was Gendry and getting to see his hammer. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like this is a guy that uh, he's he's kind of like exactly like a Jon Snow. He's a bastard. He's kind of you know he just he's good with a hammer, right? So he's going to become a smith, one of the best smiths out there, and you know goes through a lot of shitty stuff and finally comes back. He's like, you know, I've been getting ready. I don't know what I'm getting ready for, but you know, I'm ready to go. And you see him pull out the hammer. Of course, you could think like, oh well, maybe maybe he doesn't know how to use it. Like maybe he made it, but he can't use it. But sure enough, you get to see him in action with it, and freaking ridiculous. And keeping his namesake, too. I, this I didn't catch it when I watched it, but I saw some pictures of it later on. And he has the, the stag horns, the stag antlers, on his hammer. Like, he's not even oh. technically Baratheon. You know, he's a bastard, but he's got his, you know, his dad's sigil on his hammer. Yeah, he does. Oh, I totally missed that. That's cool. Yeah, maybe it's hinting towards a uh, legitimization in the future by John. So, I uh, one of the other things I really love about Game of Thrones is everybody and their mom has a theory, right? Like, I think there was one where uh, Varys was a, a merman. I don't know if <laughs> yep. anybody's heard that. That's how he could get back and forth oh, yeah. so quick. So, I'm always kind of letting my wheels turn and figure out, like, okay, like what what off the wall theories can I come up with? And I can't remember what episode it was, one or two episodes, and I was listening to. Game of Microphones, and you guys were talking about how uh, Cersei had lost a child, and I completely forgot about that. I believe they said it was a dark-haired child, mm-hmm. and what got my wheels turning, I'm like, well, what if she actually didn't lose the child, but somebody took it from her thinking that she would you know, kill it because it was actually Robert's you know, legitimate son? And so what if uh, Gendry is actually a legitimate Baratheon? But he's just been, you know, raised to think he's a bastard. Because I don't remember him talking about his mom at all, like knowing her. I could have missed something, but I thought that would be kind of a cool, like these two bastards who have been bastards their whole lives, and come to find out, like at the end of this series, you know, they were actually legitimate, you know, children of these houses, and they both fight to the death for the throne. Yeah, right. two enter, <laughs> one leave, two enter. Yeah, I, you know, I think I might may have heard that somewhere before. Um, when you said that, it kind of sparked a memory. Um, I think that would be, you know, a pretty cool theory to, like you said, knowing that John has has been through what he's been through from being a bastard and always have that kind of thrown in his face. And um, same with Gendry, you know, he's had a really hard life. You know, living in Flea Bottom and having to work as a smith, a really great one, but, you know, still kind of having that stigma attached to him and to, to you know, if it came out that he was actually legitimate, um, that would be pretty cool because I really like Gendry, too, and it, I'm, I'm really glad he's back. And seeing him swing his hammer, you know, like his dad, um, you know, did in battle is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool how he's been drawn to the hammer his whole life just randomly. <laughs> yeah. I really like that whole thing. Yeah, because I, I don't even recall anybody else really swinging a hammer at all besides them talking about Robert doing it back no. in the battles. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it appears to be very rare to use war hammers in combat. And every time they mention Robert killing Rhaegar, they always bring up the hammer as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it must have been pretty significant that 
A, somebody was using a hammer and that B, it was king, the king to be, you know, at the time. So, Right. Yeah, Pretty they do awesome. always reference that. And, and then also thinking about how fast, um, you know, Gendry and John kind of kind of hit it off, you know, having that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then knowing that, you know, Robert killed Rhaegar, you know, John's, yeah. you know, what, what we, who we know to be as John's father has all but, you know, spelled it out for us. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's kind of interesting. I liked how they had these sort of, um, you know, comical laughing back and forths that they're both, that, well, that Ned and Robert had as well. Um, you know, John says to Gendry, you're slimmer than your father. And he says, you're shorter. <laughs> yeah. And just like at the beginning of the pilot episode when Robert shows up and says, you got old. And Ned says, you got fat. You got <laughs> you <know>? fat, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's a really good um, kind of throwback. Yeah, that's good. And those Starks and those Baratheons are just good friends, good buddies. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty classic. That's awesome. What about you, Rima? What's your number one? Or do you have anything else to say, Sean, about that? No, I mean, that's the that's the gist of like just that awesomeness of him kind of showing his hammer and kind of becoming what he was meant to be, I guess, is kind of the best way to put it. Right. I got one more thing to add now that I'm now that we're talking about it. I'm thinking um, it's so funny that, you know, he's been gone for all these seasons. And as an actor, he got the script for episode five when they when they find him in in King's Landing when Davos shows up. And by the end of that episode, he's being thrown in with the biggest group of badasses in all of Westeros minus Bronn. Um, and as an actor, he's like, fuck yeah, like, this is awesome. You know, I finally get the phone call and I'm chilling with Jon Snow and Tormund and the Hound and everything. And then the next episode, the writer's like, heh, you thought it would be that easy. Like, we're, <laughs> go run back to the wall, biatch. You know, like, we're taking you to this hazing. freezing set, like, way north where there's actual snow and ice. Yeah. Yeah, the, I uh, read in a little interview in the news last uh, podcast where the hound Rory McCann's being interviewed and he's talking about how he's in the hot trailer and they're putting on the latex for his burns on his face. And once he gets out of the trailer, it's freezing and the, the sweat underneath <laughs> the latex is frozen onto his face. And it's oh, pretty crazy, no. man. Yeah. All right. How about you, Rima? What's your number three? So one of my main highlights for this season so far has been like the – um, comedy moments that we've had, which I think we've, you know, I know that they've always kind of been sprinkled around the whole series, especially any scene with Tyrion, because he's just hilarious and you have to love him. But it seems like just with the intensity of this whole season, you know, and, and the pace, it's just like you, you just keep going and going and going and this is happening and that's happening. But they've managed to keep some really good, like, comedy moments in there you know with with Definitely. some of the lines and the the interactions between some of the characters and how that's kind of been funny you know you've got the thought you might still be rowing uh that Donald <laughs> injury um you have the sam's poop soup montage from <laughs> episode one yep. i mean i was dying during that whole um you know that montage it was just really cracking me up me you too. have your own great joy in his lines where he's taunting Jamie, like with here I am with a thousand ships and two good hands, <laughs> you know, just things like that. Um, Davos, when he says to John, yes, I could see you staring at her good heart <laughs> talking about Danny. It's just, it's so good. And, and it's so nice to kind of have, because like you said earlier, Duncan, you're, you're on the edge of your seat and you're just, everything is just happening so fast. It's like your head is spinning with everything that's happening, but yet they can still throw in these moments, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that make you laugh, make you giggle. 
and it's, it's just kind of nice with the intensity and it's and it doesn't it's like it doesn't cheapen it at the same time it's like they can have these funny moments and it doesn't cheapen what's happening at the same time it's like appropriate yeah, like it doesn't seem like it's it's a cheeky like, hey, you know, like they're not nudging the camera going, huh, get it? Yeah, still rolling, <laughs> right? right? Get it? It just seems like very fluid and kind of goes with the conversation. And each of the characters, like, you know, whenever they do these little digs or jokes, like it it just seems like their normal conversation, right. which I absolutely love. Because like, some I of the shows are super... to say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But like some of the shows, they get like... if. Just that, like I just said, like it feels like they're trying to nudge the camera. Be like, yeah, see, you know, we're not serious all the time, right? Thought you might still be rowing. Turns to the camera, winks. (laughs) 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 Classic. There was some real good dialogue this uh, last episode too between you know the hound and Tormund. Oh yeah, I laughed so hard. Oh my gosh, about Brienne. (laughs) That it's it's brilliant. I mean, you just. And of course, anytime Tormund talks about Brienne, and then of oh, course the yeah. Hound, who's so dry, who has like uh-huh. even the Hound, who really doesn't have any kind of sense of humor, has has had some funny lines when he banter's like with Thoros in in some of the in some of the scenes. It's it's like even the Hound can be funny. Mm-hmm. So. Well, like that whole like situ- like Tolman was uh, when he was talking not, not Tolman, I'm sorry, yeah Tolman when he was talking about like you know when you're in the North, you have to. Uh, you know, walk to stay warm, or fighting's <laughs> better, or fucking's the best. Right. And he's like, we don't have any women. He's like, well, we gotta make do with what we have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, um, back when Ygritte was alive, they were sitting around a campfire, and, and Tormund is talking about um, a great moment um, in the show, and that kind of referenced the books. He's talking about how he basically had sex with a bear. You know, her fangs were yep. sharp, but she knew how to use them. You know, <laughs> I know you never fucked a bear, Tormund. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was a cool callback, like making do with what we have. You know, sort of referencing, like, "Well, fuck you, Gendry, you little soft boy." Yeah, but, uh, well, but that's kind of referenced the bear too, as well. That's a total like dudes out in the woods type thing. Like we're gonna joke with our buddy, like you know, the first time he's camping with them is like, oh yeah, you know, we totally do that, right? Absolutely. Wait, no, he's joking, right? Like seriously, like. I don't have any locks on my tent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a total guy, like real guy conversation, teasing yep. the new guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Hazing him. Yeah, it's the best. All right. My number three is the Hound. I'm just glad he's he's here, basically. <laughs> he's he's one of my favorite characters. And um, being a book reader, I had suspicions that he was alive. And he. I was real excited to see him come back at the uh, in the, the broken man episode last season but this year they've they've you know he's he's more central in the action he's linked up with Jon Snow now and he's going to be heading to King's Landing next week we could get Clegane Bowl oh yeah dude like everything's so cool he saw visions in the flames um mm-hmm. like everything about the hound is just so exciting to me um i feel like he's important and thoros died so there's he's not going to be resurrecting anybody else, but there's a moment in this episode, this last one, where Beric is talking with John, and he's like, "Listen, you know, like the Lord of Light brought us both back, you and me, just the two of us." And the second he said that, the Hound sort of stepped up into the frame behind him, and I thought, "Oh man, Hound's going to be important for the Lord of Light. He's going to get brought back at some point." Mm. And I think Beric is going to, I think Beric is going to either save him or give his own life to to the mm-hmm. to the hound or something like that but yeah i'm pretty Where'd sure the, the hound is central to this story 
somehow. Where'd the Red Priestess go? I know she was at uh, Dragonstone. Did she go to King's Landing or? Oh, the Lady Melisandre. Yeah. She said, she told uh, Varys when they were up on the cliff face, right as Jon Snow was arriving, he was like, oh, why are you up here? You know, you were talking all this uh, this high praise about Jon Snow and now you're hiding on the cliff. Like, what's going on? And she admitted to having been, um, you know, having left the, the king in the north on bad terms um, based on stupid mistakes she made, horrible mistakes. <laughs> and yeah, then she she'd come out and admit like, oh, yeah, I burned a girl. Right. Yeah. She, she's too embarrassed to even say it. But she basically said that she uh, is heading back to Essos, I think to Volantis, at least okay. temporarily. Um, but For she now. has to come back because she's supposed to die in Westeros, just like Varys. Just like Varys. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, you know, is quite eerie, and especially given Varys's, um, you know, his his hatred for magic and how badly um, the high priestess, the red priestess in Marine, had scared him. You know, said like, mm-hmm. like, do you want to know what the voice said in the flames when when your genitals were cut off? And she knew oh, too that was much. So creepy. Yeah, yeah there was the one time where we've seen Varys like terrified and speechless. You know, he's always got something to say. He's a worm, mm-hmm. like like Littlefinger, in terms of using linguistics and getting, you know, manipulating people and getting his point across and everything and and that whole thing. But yeah, it was interesting to see him um, quiet for that moment and have no comebacks or or anything. Um, so yeah. that when the so, Melisandre said that he was going to die in Westeros, it probably scared the crap out of him as well. That's my point there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that you make a good point though about the Hound. Somehow he's significant, and I think that I mean him along with everyone else. Really, I mean, look at how many you know people that we've lost throughout the whole series, mm-hmm. and so many people have died, main characters, small characters. But it seems like everyone that is alive at this point that has managed to survive. And I mean, we still have another season to go. So I mean, yes, more people could be wiped out either in the finale that's coming up or next uh, season. But oh, they will be. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I know there's a lot more to come. There, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that one bit. But it's like at this point, anyway, with everything that's happening, because I mean, there are so many game changers happening right now that I think everyone on this show right now ha- is important for some reason. For some reason, they're here to play a part in mm-hmm. what's happening. So I'm glad the Hound is a- around as well. I really, really enjoy his character, and 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 I have even whenever he was, you know, even on, um, you know, protecting Joffrey, and you know, you kind of, kind of wanted to hate him, but it was hard to. So. Yeah, he's almost like a mild Jamie. Like at first, you just absolutely hate him, but he kind of like resurrects your feelings for him. Like, okay, well, he's not a bad. He's not the mountain. Like, so he's not definitely that bad, right? not the mountain. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he saved Sansa. You know, mm. whenever you know, with the whole I killed your butcher's boy after Joffrey, and you know, he wasn't real gentle about it, but he saved her. So, <laughs> yeah. well, and even with Arya, I mean, he I, he didn't really make it seem like he was trying to help her, but you kind of got that feeling that like. He's bringing her along with her to keep her safe, mm-hmm. even though she probably really didn't need it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that pretty much covers the Hound. Um, how about your number two, Sean? All right. So my number two, um, I'm a sucker for like, uh, it's kind of weird, I guess, when you're talking about Lannisters, and I probably shouldn't say it, but when you're talking about brotherly love, like when you have that <laughs> brother that you just absolutely like, you know, have that bond with. <laughs> And but you know again Lannister's got to how you phrase it. <laughs> um, but the part is when they had the loot uh, battle, the loot uh, train battle. You know, oh, Jamie right. sees all this stuff going on, and he sees Darnarius out there on, right next to the dragon. Is you know she's pulling, helping him pull out the the spear, 
And mm-hmm. so he's like, all right, I've got to end this because I'm thinking he's having flashbacks to the Mad King, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Right. Absolutely. So he, he takes off running. And in your head, you're like, you're an idiot. Like, you know, you're going to die. You're going to get blown up somehow. Like, you can't, you can't fight a dragon, Jamie. Right. And, and Tyrion said it. You fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, just turn and run. And, you know, you see Tyrion, like, he's about to watch his brother die. And he just absolutely, you know, hates it. But it's like that. Just turn the other way. And if, you know, I think of like any kind of, you know, wars and stuff like that when families are split like that, like Civil War, I'm sure there are situations like that where, you know, your brother's on one side, you're on the other. It's like, just yeah, just man. turn away. Don't charge. Just turn away. You know, yeah. we've got the high ground. Just run. And he just, he tried to end it. And thankful, or I guess thankfully, because I think he's a big character in this movie as well, or in this show as well. You know, Braun jumps out of nowhere and, saves him uh I, I still don't understand how he can tackle him from the bank and they end up you know, falling <laughs> hundreds of feet but. yeah yeah we'll we'll overlook that part <laughs> <laughs> but i i think it just kind of shows like that Tyrion still cares for his brother um i think jamie still cares for him as we see later on in the show yeah he, he um, held back cutting him in half like he told braun he would do and <laughs> what a great scene that was i mean when jamie's you know riding at daenerys and drogon there yeah, I Fantastic. mean, it's like, he, I mean, you think it's like, okay, well, this is Game of Thrones, so maybe he is going to get to her. Like, you never know. No, I mean, that's what makes it so awesome. Is it really, truly, when you're watching that that whole battle, it's like no one was safe. A- anyone could go at any any minute, and it it was intense because you're thinking, oh my gosh, Jamie could get burned up. It could really happen, or he could really get to Daenerys, and I mean. It, it could happen. Any nobody is safe, and during that battle with everything that was happening, anybody could have went at any moment. It was so intense. Yeah, yeah. It almost reminded me somewhat, not as long, but almost like the Battle of the Bastards, where you're watching that whole thing go on. It's the same thing. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is how he's going to die. This is how Jon Snow's going to die. Right. You know, he's going to get crushed to death. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like this is how Jamie's going to die. He's going to get burned alive, just like he. Saw when he was at King's Landing, when he was the the head of the the Knights Guard. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. They um, that whole scene where he attempts to end the war by killing Daenerys. Um, it mirrored a, a story from the books about the Little Lion, which is from the uh, the hedge no the uh, the Sworn Sword, um, Duncan Egg novella. But also, I'm worried that it may foreshadow future events with our boy Jon Snow. You know, he's been eyeing up the Night King for a while now. And after we saw this this recent episode that if you kill the White Walkers, the the you know the whites that are under their control will die because um, the necromancy spell is broken. I'm worried that Jon Snow is going to rush headlong at the Night King and mm. try to kill the Night King to end the war, and that he may die in the process. Ugh! Like for good, real no. death. Let's hope not. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Uh, that's my prediction, sadly. But I think he's gonna at least knock up Danny first. <laughs> so they got they got to get it on first, right? So yeah, we got to at least have that. Specifically, I think he's gonna get her pregnant so that they have a future. Um, they'll have something to remember him by. Right. Yeah, I wonder if like in the show, like they'll end up having that happen, but they'll never realize. I guess that they're related. Like I'm wondering if that's just gonna be a thing for the audience. Be like, oh, that's so icky but kind of romantic (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, man. It's entirely possible. Uh, anything else for your number two, brother? No. Yeah, just that Lannister non-sexual brotherly love. <laughs> nice. So, it's okay for to have a little bromance. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. How about you, Rima? Numero dos. So my number two is it, it's a it's slightly broad. It's not a real specific highlight, but a highlight throughout the season for me has been John and Danny. Um, every scene that they have been in um, has just been. I think at the beginning it wasn't quite what I had expected, but I, I like how it played out when they first met. And, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. They're really going to meet. And you want them to, like, get along and just be like, yeah, let's unite and let's do this. And it doesn't turn out that way. They're both so stubborn that you're kind of yeah, like, That's awesome. Oh. Yeah. I mean, at first I was kind of like, oh, no. But then I was like, no, that totally makes sense. I was so happy, you know, after I had watched the episode that I was like, no, that totally makes sense. They stayed true to their characters. She stayed who she was. And he, he you know, he remained true to himself. And, and you know, stiff I was like, no, this, knees. yeah, it totally make made <laughs> sense. Um, but then you can see, you know, how they they you know, even though they kind of fought each other a little bit and they buttered heads, they were still they they had that attraction. You know, it's like when you meet someone, you know, and this happens in real life. That's what I love about this show. It's like it's a TV show, but it's so relatable because these things. It, this is what happens in real life. You can tell when they first met each other, they're really wary of each other, of course, but when they, that you can feel, I mean, I think my hairs were standing on end with the attraction and that connection that they had as he walks into the throne room and sees her on the throne and she's looking at him like, holy crap, you know, he's not so bad. And they just have that instant (laughs) connection. I think that we can all relate to that in real life. We've all, I think, met someone, you know, that we just, you just sizzle, the air just sizzles with the attraction. And, and then every scene since then, how they have warmed up to each other, they have that mutual respect um, as leaders. And then in this last episode, how they really kind of came around and he finally, you know, acquiesced to her and called her my queen. You know, it's it, it's been such a journey this season, having them come together and then seeing where they're at right now has just been to me, it's, it's been wonderful. I love watching those two together. I think that seeing them on screen together, the color contrast, he's he's dark and she's real fair. Yin and, yang. Um, and I just, yeah, I really, I really, I was not so sure about the whole thing because, you know, they're related, but I'm so beyond that now and I want those two together <laughs> so, so badly. I don't ship anybody. I'm not a shipper, but I am shipping those two. I want it to happen in the worst way. So... Well, I think it's You're, like the first time you see her flustered. She walks in and Jon Snow's on the bed and he's got his shirt off. She sees the, the stab wounds. She's like, whew, is it is it hot on this ship or is it just <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> She's like, I, I thought you were the mother of dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Every girl yeah, likes I, scars, but what about raw wounds? <laughs> <laughs> but I do love like, you know, I, I think sometimes, at least me when I'm watching a show, I forget like the, the first time those characters met, like they, they had no clue who they were. Like – they just, you know, it's the very first time they've ever met and like they, they've only heard stories of each other. And I think as, you know, viewers, it's like, well, we know Jon Snow. We've seen him for, you know, a long time. We know Darnarius because we've seen her for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to forget. It's like, oh, yeah, they have no clue who they are. So they, like you said, they played it perfect by being like, you know, mistrusting of each other because they've both been screwed over. Yep. And, you know, of course, you know, they walk in the room and the, 
Barry Manilow starts playing in the background. Sexual <laughs> frustrations coming forward, but um, but yeah, I thought that was that was great interaction between the two. Definitely, and they're slowly learning that that they're worthy of each other, and that they fight for the same type things. That you know, Daenerys freed all these people who willingly decided to follow her and and elevated her to her current position as queen. And the same thing with John that he was raised to Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, even though he was basically a new guy. And that he's brought all these 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 men from from north of the wall and integrated them into the northern society and convinced the northern lords to accept them to some degree, mm. and and united the uh, the north under the 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 idea of being the protector of the realms of men. You know that men includes these other men that you guys didn't consider men, um, mm-hmm. and. You know they're slowly learning these things about each other and gaining respect for for each other. It was funny. She um, after that first meeting with uh, between John and Danny, um, or not Danny. The you know she she never she <laughs> called him Lord. Um, she referred to him as a Lord when they were in the in the throne room together. But then after mm-hmm. when they were in the map room, just she and Tyrion, she referred to him as the King in the North. Because um, th- after the, even just after that first meeting, she had already come to to have gained some respect for him, and uh, it's just yeah, it's real exciting to see see it all playing yeah. out. I, yeah, when he grabbed her arm when they're in the cave, I almost like, oh god, yeah, I about fell over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you felt it right through the screen, Emma, didn't you? I did. I, I felt <laughs> like he was touching my elbow. I really did. I was like, I can feel that. <laughs> it was intense. Yeah, I love I like the hand holding in the in this episode too. Like first he grabs her hand and then she grabs his hand afterwards and say I don't know if uh one of the things that I've loved with those interactions is all the memes that have come from that. Oh man. So they have memes <laughs> yeah. where it's it's uh it's her standing there and she's like, "John Snow, you can have all the dragon ass you want." And Tyrion's <laughs> whispering in her ear and she's like, "Dragon glass? Oh, yeah, you can have all the dragon glass you want." <laughs> oh, that's my a God. good one. I I'd not seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. All right. So my number two is just uh, this season in general, the coming together of characters. We've <laughs> we've had so mm-hmm. many characters either reunited or just united. I think it was real exciting right off the bat to see Daenerys with the Queen of Thorns. Yes. A matchup that I never expected to see and I was really impressed. I th- anything, any scene that we've had Diana Rigg in playing um, Lady Elena has oh. just been fantastic. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, I can't compliment her performances enough. Uh, right to the end, uh, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've got the Starks being reunited up at up at Winterfell. I mean, I was I was surprised enough to see to you know to finally have Bran show up. And, um, and then Arya shows up as well when she had originally been planning to go to King's Landing. And so we're getting – we have three Starks in Winterfell for the first time since Catelyn left. So did right? – so yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I know like when Bran showed up, I mean I had to like waft my eyes because I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's Bran and Sansa together. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry all together. <laughs> but then he's all creepy and so it kind of ruined it. <laughs> And then when Arya gets there, I'm like, oh, she's probably going to be a jerk, too. (laughs) So it kind of ruined the Arya-Sansa, you know, reunion, but it it was still awesome. Yeah, like you said, it's awesome to see those guys back together. Yeah, just good to have Starks together. Yeah, at Um, Winterfell. 
And it's yeah. cool. Like, and you think about like how much they've aged, like just the, the actors themselves. Like, you know, you look at Jon Snow season one, he looks like a baby. Yeah. And he's yeah. grown up to be a man now. Like Sansa's now a woman and all this stuff too. And it's just like, you know, I mean, how of course they've seen each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good he's point. He's like yeah. seven feet tall now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the size of Hodor. He's going to be carrying yeah. Hodor on his back soon. Well, he was, oh, yeah. if you guys ever, it's kind of off, off to the side a little bit, but one of the um, episodes before we lost uh, Hodor, uh, may he rest in peace, um, and he was still carrying him on his back before they had like that sled, <laughs> his legs looked longer than Hodor's, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, that's <laughs> just... Not That's yeah. the but one anyway, thing the TV yeah. show made George R. R. Martin change in the books. It's like, okay, you got to kill Hodor because we can't keep this up, <laughs> right? I, th- I guess it it started to hurt um, the actor who plays Hodor, Hodor's back as well, carrying Bran around uh-huh. all the time. So that's why they made the sled. I don't mm-hmm. doubt it. Yeah, I, but, I agree with everything that you said, though, Duncan. The, the coming together of these characters, characters that you maybe wanted to see and then the ones you didn't know that you wanted to see until you got it, like you said with um, Lady Elena and Daenerys. Right, um, and what else? who else has come together? This like We've had Tyrion and, and Jaime and Bronn reunited, and it was real quick, and we didn't get to see any Tyrion Bronn stuff, but the Tyrion Jaime stuff was really heart-wrenching for me mm-hmm. with you know. Mm-hmm. Jamie just furious and not even know how, knowing how to react and Tyrion pleading with him that like, you know, dad deserved to die, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Um, but also really, really, like I said, heart wrenching. What else? Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who else has come together that you guys can think of? I mean, you have the whole, uh, the seven at the wall. I mean, was... getting them all together was pretty cool. Yep. Like exactly. these are guys that you didn't even know should be, you know, in the same room and there they are. You didn't even know you wanted it kind of thing. Right. How about this? Jorah being reunited with Longclaw. Yeah. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah. It's super cool to see so many of these actors, characters, however you want to look at them, you know, they've never shared a scene together. Yeah, and like John and Sansa even. Yeah. Never. And, and it's, it's to, to, to see them. It's just been, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's kind of just, you know, it's given you everything that you, you have been wanting the whole time and yet th- given you also things that you didn't know that you wanted. You know, like you said, the Magnificent Seven beyond the wall. Right. Tormund uh, and the Hound. That's a perfect yeah, example I mean, of that. Who would have who thought years ago we'd, we'd be putting these, these guys together like that? And look how brilliant it turned out. Yeah. Yeah, it always kind of feel like, you know, when you have like you have two friends that have never met each other and then you all like go to a party or something together. And, like, it's just these two people that you've never had in the same room at the same time. And, like, oh, wow, like, they're hitting it off really well. This is awesome. It's just and that it's kind surreal. of mind bend. Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's, it's cool when they start talking also about, like, little pieces of history, like the, the seven beyond the wall. And you see Jorah and um, Thoros talking about, you know, the battle. What was it? At, at, the, at Pike? Right. Whenever, during the, during the whole rebellion, rebellion and how they're kind of talking about the stuff that you just that it's kind of talked about in the books a little bit and kind of bringing that out and and to know that, wow, those guys were there and they're, you know, they're kind of talking about it. I just I, I love that. That just really gets me when I see scenes like that. Yeah, so. we've it's interesting. We've had a few Greyjoy Rebellion references so far this season. Euron mm-hmm. mentioned it to Cersei as as well. And, uh, and mm-hmm. Jamie, he mentioned Jamie coming through the breach on Pike and murdering all of you know all of his relatives yeah. but it was cool because the castle was getting crowded um <laughs> we got that reference um we had this this one this time i don't know it's previous seasons we had theon mentioning to balon like that rob will give you the crown and let you be king of the iron, iron islands 
and he's like, last time I took the crown for myself, you know, I'd like referencing that same rebellion. Um, it's just pretty cool to hear all this stuff brought up and all these different characters bringing out these old mm-hmm. stories that we wouldn't necessarily ever to expect to hear about again. All right, Sean, how about your number one? All right, so my number one, it's been teased. I did not know how it was going to happen, <laughs> but we got it. So, you know, we have the whole battle after, uh, on the other side of the wall. You know, our, our heroes are surrounded. You know, Gandry is flashing it all the way to the wall. They get some supersonic raven to get to East uh, or uh, Dragonstone, and Darnarius comes with the dragons. You get this great, great action. And I've seen the, the pictures – I know there's an ice dragon book that George R. R. Martin's put out mm. and the whole time I'm like, okay, there's going to be a, an ice dragon where like, it's, it's just going to show up. We're going to have three dragons against an ice dragon and it does you don't see it, but you see the, the, the night King grab a spear, walk over and you chuck it, hit, hit one of the dragons crashes down the water. And as it's sinking, you're like, Oh shit, I know what's going to happen here. Then you see him getting dragged out, Night King with a hand on the head, and we get a freaking ice dragon. Dude. The saddest, coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never, like, in a whole scene, I've never gone from, from like, was, fuck yeah, to, oh, fuck, to, oh, we're fucked. Yeah, such yeah. a quick run. Awesome. Yeah, I wonder, um, you know, is, is he, was he brought back as just a regular old white or was he resurrected fully uh, and then turned into a white walker? Um, I don't know. Like, see, whenever he raises the dead, he did kind of like a – I don't know if you guys ever watched wrestling, but he did more of like an Undertaker arm yeah. raise to turn on the lights. Come out but, me, bro thing. Yeah, but with the babies that um, – I can't remember what the, his name was, but the, the guy that was basically – Yeah, the guy that was giving away the, his sons, he'd always touch them and their eyes would turn blue. Mm-hmm. And so, right. like, with this one, he didn't do the arm raise thing. He just touched his head. Yeah, I liked so how I f- he gave it, like, personal attention. Like, he's probably wanted a dragon for thousands of years. Oh, you know? yeah. But Finally, see, I wonder if that's... Well, yeah, who doesn't want a dragon? Yeah, a dragon would be I awesome. Do. Like, even though I don't really like reptiles and snakes, but, like, I think I could get behind a dragon. They're probably not <laughs> cuddly, but, you know... Don't want to be in front of a s'more. dragon, that's for sure. <laughs> but I kind of feel like that might be the difference. Like, if he touches it and turns it, it becomes more of a... It's an independent being, like almost like he's given some of his life force to it. But if he does more of the rays, it's more of like a necromantic spell type of scenario. Yeah, that's that exactly what I think too. I feel like when he when he um, you know raises his hands, it's just a pure necromancy spell that they're risen from the dead and under his command. But when he touches them, he gives them the power of necromancy and gives them lets them retain their cognitive. Co- capacity so they can think on their own intelligently but he directs their their uh, their ambition essentially he takes away their mm. free will but allows them to keep their intelligence so i'm hoping that the the dragon was resurrected like Beric and Jon Snow full resurrection with mental capability and everything personality but he's you know lost his free will and since we saw that white if you kill a white walker any any whites under their necromancy spells are basically you know, dead again. I wonder mm-hmm. if you kill the Night King, would the free will be returned to all of the White Walkers? Could could that be where Benjen gets it? Like maybe he was turned at one point, and somehow the guy who turned him he killed. So now he's basically a, a 
I'm assuming, I don't know, but he's a dead person, but he's got his free will back. I think what they said for Benjamin was that the same way the, that the, the uh, children of the forest saved him with dragon glass, right? Right. Yeah. Before oh, okay. the transformation was complete, they stabbed him in the heart, I think with a, with some dragon glass and prevented it from happening. But that's also interesting because previously when the, when the night King has transformed people into white walkers, he just touches them and they turn. Maybe it's just real fast with babies and dragons. Um, but I guess there was some type of extended length for the process with Benjen for some reason. And they were able to intercede before he was fully changed. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah the only thing I, that makes me nervous is like, there's so many of these questions that I don't know if we're going to get answered even in the next season. You know, like the full Benjen story, like what was he doing out there all this time? I don't know if we're going to find that out. Yeah. Anything else for your number one? Uh, nope. Just the uh, the ice dragon and just the badassness that, and probably like one of the more metal things. Oh hell we yeah! We got to see is uh, the ice dragon getting turned. Oh man, there needs to that, be a metal song for this. <laughs> and, and just I'll just chime in like with my two cents. Anybody that like yeah. knows me or has you know in the Patreon group knows how much I love loved all those dragons and how <laughs> heartbreaking that was um like i can just now today start to talk about it just a little bit so <laughs> Good i promise i'll hold my shit together long enough um to get this out but as, as hard as what that was to watch and still is i've watched it twice and i can't bear to watch it anymore um and as as heartbreaking as, as it was and i've cried my eyes out over watching that i have to believe that there's got to be some sort of purpose to that happening um, as hard as it was to see him turn that I'm hoping that he's still like, like you were mentioning earlier about having like some sort of independence that he's, he's still, he's, he's, he's going to maybe be under maybe a spell and be under his command under the night King, I should say his command, but um, I'm still hoping he's going to retain some of his, his independence and just be like resurrected. I'm hoping that something positive that he didn't just die for nothing, and because to me that's such a waste um, for that to happen to to lose one of the dragons for Danny to go through what she's going through to lose one of her children and for it to be for nothing. So I, I think I hope something good comes of it. And I think what I would really what would make me feel better about the whole thing, um, if anything can make me feel better, is to see John ride that dragon. Yeah, that'd be pretty badass. I saw a funny meme um, yesterday where Cersei's like, ha oh, Daenerys, I thought you had three dragons. And Daenerys is like, oh, I, I thought you had three children, Cersei. Right, I saw that. Um, but if I, like I was mentioning, if you kill the Night King, theoretically, it may release the White Walkers from their trance. Um, that could happen for Viserion, too. Maybe if you kill the, White, the Night King, Viserion can be free again and rejoin his mom. But if that happens... I don't think it's going to happen until he kills one of his brothers. Oh, Duncan. Ooh, that's, oh, that's going to be rough. Right. And then well, would they even oh, want yeah. him back? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. No, I just hope think it's not for this. anything. Like, yeah. And it, when, when you get turned into a White Walker, your physiology changes. They, they, from then on, they bring the cold with them. They seem to be like superhuman, strong and fast and, I don't know if you guys remember during Hard Home, the battle, um, there was that white mm -hmm. walker on the second floor after he, when he was fighting John. <gasps> yes, and he when sort the of fire just like, went out. Right. The fire goes, goes out when he's walking into the building and then he just kind of hops down from the – he like jumped all the way up, I think, um, from to the second floor where John had climbed up to and then just kind of hops back down. 
unfazed. Mm-hmm. They seem to be kind of super. So for all we know, if if uh, if Viserion has similar effects, he could be like Dragon and Hyperdrive, who could murder both of his brothers. So you guys think um, Viserion when he's okay? So obviously we're going to probably see him in action either the next episode or you know sometime in the in the near future. Do you think he's going to breathe ice instead of fire? What do you think that's going to be like? I do think he will. I think yeah, that I think since it's gotta the, be ice. Yeah, since the physiology of the White Walkers is changed from being regular humans with hot blood to being cold-blooded ice creatures, I think that um, you know there's going to be ice coming out of that dragon for sure. So we'll have our, our fire and ice references yeah. again. We'll have the yep. other two dragons with their fire and this one with, with ice. And there was, um, there was a scene way back before um, our, our girl Melly roasted up Princess Shireen of House Baratheon where um, when before right before Davos started learning to read and being taught by Princess Shireen, he came upon her reading a book and um, or maybe it was Stannis that was that found her reading this book, but it was a book about the Dance of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with the Dance of Dragons? Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was it was essentially when two Targaryen t- Targaryen siblings went to war with each other over who would become the the next king or queen, and it resulted in eighteen dragons all fighting against each other, essentially dragons as in Targaryens, but also dragons as in literal dragons. So having one of our three, one of our glorious three Dothraki dragons um, turn into an ice dragon is, you know, is, is sort of bringing, bringing thoughts of the, the dance of the dragons into my head where we're going to see dragons battling each other, like, like in a, in a dog fight, world war, world war two style, um, it should be very, very crazy to see next year or whenever it happens. You're right. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see him fighting. <laughs> I know. It's going to be heartbreaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, anything else? They had, yeah, that pretty much covers your number one, right? Yeah, it pretty much covers all the ice dragon. <laughs> all right. How about you, Rima? <laughs> Numero uno. So I'm my number one is is the dragons themselves. Um, I won't go too much into the ice dragon since we pretty much covered him, but just you know we we've had the dragons throughout the series, you know, from when they were first hatched and such. But I feel like we've really gotten a lot of the dragons Definitely. from the very first time that we saw them. You know, in the first episode when when you know Daenerys is getting ready to hit the shore at at Dragonstone. The dragons, you see them coming up behind her. It was so magnificent to see, like, because you know that that's, you know, was the Targaryen, you know, home there on in Westeros from right. when they left their homeland. And knowing that there were dragons there how many hundreds of years ago, and now here they are back again, it was just so magnificent and breathtaking for me. And, and every scene with the dragons, because I'm... I'm. I just love them. I can't help it. I <laughs> yeah, me too. On about them, but they're they're so majestic. I've I've always been in love with dragons. To see Daenerys, you know, hopping on them. To see Jon interacting with Drogon, you know, it was just it's beautiful, and I love it. And, their and music see, as well. Yeah, the music, and then when we got to see Drogon at the loot train battle, I mean, oh, how I, it was. He was so damn fierce to see that oh, scene yeah. where he's flying right over. 
uh, all those wagons and you see him flying over as he's shooting the flames and everything's just like being absolutely destroyed by his flames and vaporized. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was magnificent to finally see some dragons in action. We've had them, we've got to see them. too, with yeah. like, the ice just exploding everywhere well, when that I fire I know, and then, set. yeah, then we got to see both Viserion and Drogon both in battle. And, you know, to see how magnificent that was before Viserion was taken down um, was just... I just love it. I just I love action sequences anyway and battles and but to see dragons on top of it, I just it does not get any better for me. So this just totally tops it and I can't wait to see more of them. And I know that we're going to see Viserion, uh, whether it's the next episode or next se- uh, season, I don't know. Um, but as hard as it's going to be, I am slightly excited to see what's going to happen. So more <laughs> dragons. That's that's been my huge more highlight. Dragons. Yeah. So we, yeah, and we've we've lost we've gotten more dragons, but at the cost of dire wolves. They they, right. they yep. don't show us any more dire wolves, just dragons. CGI is, budget's tight, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at those two bad. No, yeah, ghost hasn't appeared at all. We've seen uh, Nemerio just once. That was so cool, though. I was so oh, happy. Yeah. That was Nymeria. beautiful. Yeah, especially as a book reader, like knowing that she's still out there, um, it was mm-hmm. really exciting to see <laughs> see them reunited. There was a joke. You guys were talking about memes and talking about the lack of direwolves and where the hell is Ghost and what's going on with that. You know, Danny in this last um, episode, how she had that beautiful white coat when she was getting (laughs) her hop on. And and there's a meme with her with that white coat. And they're like, somebody says, well, I guess now we know what happened to Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. The finest exotic direwolf furs imported from the north. Let it be fake fur. But John's anyway. like, is that ghost? That'd be horrible. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to my number one, which is R plus L equals J. And yeah! I was already so excited about this last season. I think the most excited I've ever been when watching something on TV or on film, just on screen in general. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking excited when we saw the Tower of Joy. Oh my god, and, yes. Yeah, um and that battle was about to happen because I knew what was in that tower and I mean we nobody knew for sure, but I knew for sure, you know, what mm-hmm. was in there. And I, Yeah, it's pretty much the worst kept secret in like TV history. <laughs> right. Yeah, so so last year we found out for sure that that Jon Snow is the uh, the son of um Lyanna. And this year you know, it's been stewing. There hasn't been a lot of action going on. And then out of, out of the mouths of babes, the naive, innocent Gilly who oh, knows yeah. nothing about what's going on, we're all of a sudden learning that that Liana was legitimately married to, um, to Rhaegar, which means that R plus L equals T, uh, <laughs> like a Targaryen <laughs> baby, um, which is super exciting. I don't know what it'll mean for the story. If it even matters, really, um, at this point, since he's already a king. But for me, that was just really, really cool news. Because there's been an argument. Some people have, you know, a lot of book readers have been, oh, they weren't married for, for you know, this argument's been going on forever. And I've said, no, I bet you they were married. Rhaegar knew the prophecy. The prince that was promised, mm-hmm. the dragon has three heads. He would have married her if if he got her pregnant and John would be legitimate. So just I, the- yeah, I agree. Yeah, just the revelation that he was born, born a prince, you know, the rightful king, and raised a bastard, 
and then raised back to kingship on his own merits and morals and, and virtues. Um, I think that's just an amazing story and tragic and beautiful all at the same time and earned, you know, like Jon Snow is a special dude. And, uh, oh yeah. He well, I always go back to, to the first season when Joffrey and, um, Rob, they were, they were kind of sparring, uh, down below and John's kind of sitting there watching. It's like, well, why aren't you down there? And it's like, well, it's, it's uh, against the rules for a prince to hit a, or for a bastard to hit a prince. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, technically it's still true, except you're the prince and he's the bastard. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Joffrey right. was the bastard of incest and John was the noble born, <laughs> you know, royal <laughs> prince that was raised a bastard. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's a great, great catch there. Yeah, really good. Hilarious parallel. Um, yeah, so, you know, R plus L equals T, uh, I guess, which is, we don't know his first name. It's probably not John. You guys have any ideas of what Jon Snow or blank Targaryen's first name could really be? No. Steve. I... <laughs> something like, like Bob, something really He's horrible and, well, and boring. <laughs> yeah, no, Bob. I hope. I don't know. I mean, I am not that deep into the books to even have a clue. And, you know, I'm curious if maybe Lyanna had whispered that to Ned right before she died. You know, she was whispering to him. Oh, she did. Um, she said his name is blank. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, oh, what, what, what? You know, what, what, what is she saying? Um, so I don't know if we'll get to see or, or find that information out. It would be super cool to, you know, to know that. Um, do you guys think, okay, so we got to see the Tower of Joy uh, last season, as you mentioned, Duncan. That was like so awesome. I knew exactly, just like when I knew what was going on, I was so excited. I was like yep. so elated. Do you think we're going to maybe see that um, Heron Hall, um, the bat, not not the battle, but where uh, Rhaegar. Summer Hall? I thought it was Heron Hall. Was it Summer Hall? My bad. The the tragedy of Summer Hall, where Rhaegar would you know Rhaegar was the old Targaryen like summer like vacation house essentially, and that's where um, where Sir Duncan the, the tournament. Tall and oh at the yeah yeah the tournament okay that was the at Heron Hall yes where yes. he gave oh, yeah yes, at yeah. Heron Hall where he gave Lyanna the the rose instead yeah. of the lar- oh his, my god do you think we'll see that I think we're going to see that I think we're going to see that. Oh my god, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I'm not even going to be able to keep my composure watching that. Sure. No, I'm going to lose it. Wow. Yeah, that's a great. I didn't even really consider that. Um that would be amazing to see. The moment the laughter died when he rode past his wife Elia Martell and crowned Lyanna Stark the queen of love and beauty. Anything else so you, you guys ever- want to add? Well, yeah, the only thing I kind of want to add is, like, if you go back, and it's probably been talked about numerous times, but, you know, the whole, like, Ned, how he plays in this, you know, he had, he's such an honorable person, is known for how honorable he is, but to protect his sister, like, he basically said, no, I, I cheated on my wife, and this is my bastard son. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, taking all that on his shoulders and being able to still stay honorable to his sister and not even tell his wife what had actually happened, I mean, I think that mm-hmm. just speaks volumes even more so of what Ned was like. Yeah, and just yeah. what he's capable of, like <laughs> Jesus, the the weight of that, and the you know, n- d- not telling Catelyn, and I couldn't even imagine. I would I would fucking tell her, no, you know, yeah, no it'd question. Be tough not to get well, drunk one night and be like, oh, okay, I list, I didn't cheat on you. He's right. not even a bastard. <laughs> fucking Targaryen, just don't tell Robert. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's had to live with that his entire life and and like even uh robert baratheon had kind of teased him about like oh the honorable ned stark you know who mm-hmm. you know stepped what out on his wife while they were away at war <laughs> and and the only the person that ever knew it's like he never talked to him helen reed who just you know went off to his castle and kept to himself like a hermit and couldn't even talk you know or talk to the one person that that you know knew the truth outside of of ned knowing and it's yeah, Ned. And, yeah, Love even Ned. even though nobody knew, he still kept John away from the banquet with Robert and made sure that he was nowhere near Robert, just in yeah. case Robert like may have figured it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't remember him really hardcore. pushing uh, John to the wall either, because I know John kind of wanted to do it for because his uncle was there. But right, um, I mean, you'd think if it was your own, like even if it's your bastard son, you'd still want to keep him close and not put him in harm's way. But in the sense of why he would say, yeah, go to the wall. Because that's probably the safest place because if he ever does get found out, like, well, he's, you know, he's on the wall. He's part of the wall. Essentially untouchable up there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he has no claim to anything. So he's no, you don't have anything to worry about anymore, Rob. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Exciting. Yeah. Anything else, guys? No? Nope. All right. Then let's take a little break. But don't smash your audio playback device yet because there's Raven calls yet to come. Stay with us. Back with Raven's Calls. (laughs) 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 Nevermore! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. Take it away, Sean. All right, well, Joe Fletcher, the look on Jamie's face when he sees Drogon, absolutely priceless. (laughs) Which (laughs) which time do you think? A fresh horse? Sees him him on the horizon flying towards the army or the time as he's about to javelin um, or joust (laughs) Daenerys and meets him face to face and almost gets his face roasted off. Which time do you think he's referring to here? I guess when he sees him the first time. I think the first time. I remember that. His face was like, holy shit, game changer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is those old credit card commercials like brand new horse, brand new war horse, 1,000 gold. (laughs) Fresh new arm, 200 gold. <laughs> Shitting yourself after seeing Drogon, priceless. priceless. <laughs> yes, good call. Right. That's so funny, man. It's been forever since those commercials. Oh All right, Rima. Neil Brown says, my top three would have to be John and Danny in the cave, Stark mm-hmm. Children reunion, and Arya takes revenge on House Frey. Ah, wash it down with Arbor Gold. Yeah, yeah those are really great. good. Lisa R. Ott says, I have loved all of the various reunions, even the awkward ones with Bran and Theon. <laughs> Danny and Jorah was probably my favorite. Field of Fire 2 was spectacular. Loved seeing Arya look around Winterfell when she first arrived. I imagined her there in episode one. Jamie's face acting is spot on. I have actually really just loved all the little moments the most, I think. So, Jamo David, so Sandar throwing the rock and realizing he had made a wee bit of a mistake. Oh, <laughs> who's the cunt now, Sandor? <laughs> Just a little bit. Wendy Ott Eppers. Hi, Wendy. Says, hey, Wendy. number one, loot train battle. Number two, Greyjoy versus Greyjoy battle. 
Number three, John and Danny. Nice. Yeah, good ones. Greyjoy versus Greyjoy, like spy versus spy. You think that Wendy Ott Eppers? Yeah, you think Wendy Ott Eppers is related to Lisa R. Ott? Mm, it's a lot of Otts. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. What? So the the Greyjoy thing, like that happened like halfway through the season. We haven't even got back to them. Like I've almost forgot about that whole scenario that's going on. Right. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen Euron or uh, Yara. There's been Definitely. so much. Scott Brown says the best has been the small comedic moments, in particular the thought you might be, <laughs> thought you might still be rowing on. And yeah. is this Scott Brown, the Massachusetts governor slash presidential candidate? I'm Scott Brown, and I drive a truck. Is that you, Scott? <laughs> I bet you get that all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Terry Tango or Tango, uh, the Stark children reun- reuniting. Uh, they have been apart, growing up, and becoming who they are meant to be. They separated in season one when Sansa and Arya left for King's Landing. Seeing the three of them back at Winterfell meant the most to me. Ryan Definitely. Grace says, this is Jon Snow. He's king in the north. <laughs> Although it was hilarious, <laughs> it gave me tingles down my spine hearing Davos say that to Danny. Number two, the loot train attack. For reasons that are far too obvious, Drogon's roar as he appears through the clouds just amazing. Yep. Number three, that moment between John, Jorah, Tormund, Beric, and the Hound holding off the horde just before Drogon swooped in to save the day. As a fan who's read the books and watched the series since it started, words cannot describe the feelings I had watching all three of my favorite characters fighting for their life. Absolutely. Nice. Oh shit! What's this guy's last name? I didn't. I, forgot, I wrote my name. I forgot to copy it. <laughs> <laughs> you just put your own on there. Well, he's a it. he's a Duncan as well. Uh, okay, <laughs> Duncan Owen, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Duncan Owen says the introductions between Dan and John, Danny and Jon Snow at Dragonstone, Missandei. This is Daenerys Stormborn of the House Targaryen, first of her name, the Unburnt, Queen of the Andals and the First Men, Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, Breaker of Chains and Mother of Dragons. And and then um, Davos says, this is Jon Snow. He's king in the north. (laughs) Priceless. Agreed, Duncan. That was awesome. Amy Schwartz, the long, slow pan down Jon Snow's abs in the latest episode. I just want to say, like, they've come a long way with CGI. Because I've seen Jon Snow in real life, and he's, like, 200 pounds overweight. Hmm. What? I disagree. (laughs) 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 Luis Camposano says, The comedic moments, especially Davos' interaction with Jon, a good heart. I've noticed you staring at her good heart. <laughs> Speaking of good hearts, Missende of Noth, and pretty much anything the Hound and Tormund say. Two reunions. The Starks, Theon and Jon, Tyrion and Jaime, and the seven that went beyond the wall. Number one, the big moments. Danny and Drogon fucking shit up in Highgarden. The Greyjoy battle, the return of Reek. And, of course, mm. the battle beyond the wall and subsequent dragon death and turn. Not Theon. Reek. Only Reek. Everybody gets on Theon, but it's like, that's like post-traumatic stress, like, right Dude. there. You see all these people get tortured. Yeah. You had your wee-wee cut off and probably eaten in front of you. 
I'm pretty sure he was eating it. He said it was a sausage, but I'm I'm thinking not because that dude was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows, man? <laughs> yeah, you don't get over that in one night. So mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I've let that kind of go too. Yeah. Katrina Pedigo says the dialogue in this season was really great. I have. I have come to really love the Hound. In previous seasons, he was very stoic, but I think this season he was a bit more humane. And we have never really seen that side of him. I also really, really loved, by far my all-time favorite moment, was when Jon Snow touched Drogon. I don't really know why, but there was something so beautiful about that scene, with how scary it was, but how brave Jon was. Mm -hmm. The fact that Drogon wanted Jon to pet him. Daenerys had to earn Drogon's permission, in a sense, so it was a huge scene. Matt Whitehurst says, uh, Davos quotes, Danny doing her best to be the dragon, rest in peace, Alana, Alina, sorry, uh, and number one, the epic action. Yeah. Epic action. Krista Petty Allgood says, Nymeria, it may have been fan service, but I loved it. It totally may have been agreed. a little bit of fan service, but... Nymeria is around, and it's it's a thing in the books. Like Nymeria is there, and she's got a wolf pack, like a huge wolf pack. So I I I thought I just thought it was really awesome. I didn't really even consider it fan service. Uh, I thought no, we needed to see it. It was necessary. We had to see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amanda Rogerson says one Arya's revenge. Yes, that was classic. Two the loot train battle. Loved seeing Drogon in action. And three the Stark reunion. Yes. Kate, oh. Kate Lures, uh, number three, Nymeria. Two, well, I read the book and I followed the instructions. Sam. <laughs> that was classic. I love that. Yeah, that was great. Uh, and number one, that you are helping raise money for the ACLU. I do like civil liberties, so yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Robin Springer says, number one, the scene between Elena and Jamie. She maintained her tart dignity until the end. Two, any scene with Davos. <laughs> Agreed. No I love Davos, man. Oh, that yeah. guy is fantastic. He's been um, bringing it. He really has. Yep. And love same him. with the Elena thing. One last prick with her th- from the Lady of Thorns before oh, she died. God. The Queen yeah. of Thorns. Mm, yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tilly Creary says, any moment with Tormund in it, with a huge heart emoji. And I agree, too, with that. Tormund is the man. I, I was screaming at the TV when it looked like he was going to die. Sandor! Sandor, oh, save him! <laughs> I thought he was a goner. I thought he was going in the water. I Me knew the too. hound was coming for him. It, yeah, even um, D.B. Weiss, one of the showrunners in, in the behind-the-scenes video, Game of Thrones, The Frozen Lake, He's talking about how he helped write the script, but when he was watching it, he thought Tormund was going to die there. And um, the actor, um, wow, like it sounded like he was about to die. <laughs> yeah. The noises he started making right when he was getting dragged in there, I thought he was being eaten alive for a second. Yeah, yeah I was shouting like, oh my God, I wish there was a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Caroline, uh, Caroline Greener. Uh, is it Greener or Grainer? Or maybe Grenier. Um, Grenier. Uh, we'll call her Caroline G. <laughs> uh, okay. Loot train attack with the Dothraki being crazy. Loved it. Loved Grey Worm and Masandia. Masandia. Love making. Uh, the fight between Arya and Brienne. And the Tormund comments about Brienne. 
Wow, good call with the fight with Arya and Brienne. I I hadn't um, considered yeah. that for my top three, mm-hmm. but that was amazing. Really, <laughs> like there's no way that Arya, like someone that size, would be able to fend off someone Brienne's size. She's what six three. Arya's um, five foot two, I think five one. Um, but yeah, she like wow, they made it seem really convincing. So good job to them for that. I I was impressed they were able to pull that off realistically. Yeah, you, you see mm-hmm. that cockiness at first, and then like she realizes, oh shit, this girl knows what she's doing. Right, yeah. and then like she never would have kicked her. You know, she was like just fighting to hold her back essentially, and it was reflex. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was great. Tina Altamirano says Arya's fray revenge. Yeah. John's dragon stroking. <laughs> and, <laughs> I like that term. <laughs> that, that sounds like something on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a new hey. one, new entry. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to do the dragon, dragon stroking, stroking tonight? I like it. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Tina. Um, and Sam's descaling of Jorah. Uh. Oh, Oof. that was so gross. That was so intense. Oh my gosh, didn't like we all kind of at it? Went in pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. So nasty. May Almardini says reunions. John becoming a dragon and love. I think she's referring to um, John and Danny in this. She just has a heart emoji. But yes, I I second that. I was really excited by this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura Willie Swink, Dothraki Screamer simultaneously standing up and shooting arrows on horseback. That yeah. was super badass. Oh, that was so badass. Uh, number two. Uh, saddles so they could do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, check out the behind the scenes for that episode. It's pretty neat. They're like stirrups that are built so that you can um, sort of like stand with all your weight on one and have another uh, foot on top of the horse. So it's like they're half on top of the horse. Pretty cool. Uh, number two, the smell of napalm in the morning. Drogon dive bombing the army of the dead. <laughs> that was super awesome. Hardcore. Number one, super sexy hand holding, dripping with auntie nephew sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> Just dripping with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, that is boat almost one? sank. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, Ad Stout says dragons. Yeah. Yes, dragon. Thank you, Lady Alicia. Cassandra Rhodes says, number one, loot train, Drogon and Danny. Fuck you, Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Arya slitting phrase, gnarly old throat. <laughs> and number three, Samwell emptying poop soup. <laughs> <laughs> that montage, jeez. That was rough. <laughs> right. Joy Lee, some favorite season seven moments. The cold open with Arya avenging the Red Wedding and eliminating House Frey. Two, Olena's farewell confession, or as Bronn would say, a final prick in the balls. Yeah. Pretty much the entire Spoils of War episode. Incredibly satisfying in expanding the overall lore, paying off long-term plots, and the loot train. The burgeoning romance between John and Danny. A lot of folks have rightful objections, but they are legendary heroes who are uncannily equivalent despite being so very different. Awesome to see you guys supporting the ACLU. Thank you. Thanks. I think Spoils of War may have been my favorite episode this season. Um, that was pretty radical. So badass. Super, super badass. I mean, it's pretty damn genius to, to have you rooting for both sides. How many yeah. times do you root for both sides like that? Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's wow. that, that was the shortest one of the season too. And you're like, oh shit! Like it felt like oh, it was so yeah. Just yeah, it didn't amazing. feel like it. Yeah, at the time, I remember saying on the podcast that I was amazed that the shortest episode of the entire series may also have been like the best episode of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Wow, Agreed. it felt longer to me. Mandy Castillo says, number one, Elena's most epic mic drop. It takes a bad bitch to be poisoned and still have the last laugh. <laughs> That's right. I killed your vile bastard. <laughs> yeah, that was badass. Gotta give it to her. Totally. Number two, the look on Sansa's face when John leaves the North in her care. Her thirst for power is palpable. <laughs> yeah. Number three. John and Danny in the same place at the same time after seven seasons. They do some sexy hand holding too. <laughs> Yowza. It was sexy uh. hand holding. She she grabs his hand a second time and she's like caressing the back of his knuckles with her thumb and everything. Like, oh, it's on people. I'm just saying it. It's happening. Yep. Jessica Cox McKee says When Danny and the Dothraki fought the Lannisters with her dragon, that was the bomb. Elena going out like a beast made me rewind and actually laugh out loud. You go, girl. Love her. Definitely. Katie Olive, I really loved the little comedic moments this season. It totally made the season. Another great part of it is of all these characters finally meeting, and particularly the East Watch 7. Amazing chemistry. Hashtag bros. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. That Agreed. does it for our Ravens calls. Thank you so much to all of our amazing listeners and fellow GOT fanatics who helped contribute their top moments of the season with such short notice. We appreciate it. And we got yeah. all you guys, everyone that commented on that thread, we got you in here. So yeah, thank you thanks for everyone. taking, you know, yeah, for being a part of it. All right, everybody, that's our show. And our top highlights for Season 7, Episodes 1 through 6, to help raise funds for the ACLU. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to call, you can call us at 813-563-3739. That's 813-JOFFREY. If you'd like to write in, you can email us at game at podcastica.com. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash gompodcast. And be sure to check out the other great podcasts at podcastica.com. All right, everybody, that's our show. Thanks for listening. No need to seize the last line, Sir Duncan. I'll assume it was something clever. Damn. <laughs> See? <laughs>